Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. This is Kim Greenhouse. This is probably one of the most important times in history to make your commitment known about where you stand with regard to food labeling for genetically modified organisms. We've invited back Jeffrey Smith, the founder of the Institute for Responsible Technology, the producer of Genetic Roulette Movie at geneticroulettemovie.com. He has written a number of books, one called Seeds of Deception, and he's world-renowned for his work in genetically modified organisms and really laying out as a leader to the people of the world what the problems are with them. He's also the author of Genetic Roulette. It is the most important time in history before the entire food supply is usurped and changed at a molecular level. That includes all seeds, all animals, anything that you consider to be food. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jeffrey Smith back to its rainmaking time. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Thank you for being here. I really want to talk about the ballot in California, where I live, that is the model, if this passes, for the entire country. I'd like you to explain it and share with us what's really on the line, because most of us really don't know how serious it is. Well, Prop 37 in California would require genetically modified foods to be labeled. And this is something that's enjoyed by the people of 61 countries. And it's something that the biotech industry and their big food friends are spending more than a million dollars a day to try and stop. They don't want us to know that the foods we're eating are genetically engineered, particularly in the light of some of the new research that came out just last month that was so important and so compelling that the country of Russia banned genetically modified corn based on the impact that the corn had on rats over their lifetime. I was sitting with somebody yesterday who does a lot of research, and he said to me, you know, they really don't have enough evidence to go against GMO. There's nothing wrong with GMO foods. Now, you and I did a piece on many of the problems with GMO. How come people of sound mind can say this? What they say is, well, there aren't enough peer-reviewed studies, and doing studies on rats and animals isn't the same as doing it on humans, so they don't have any evidence for this. Well, that's a very good argument for why we should have GMOs labeled. If there's insufficient evidence, if they think that the, they want to dismiss the uh, rat cancers and the rat offspring deaths, etc., because there hasn't been any human trials, then isn't it makes, doesn't it make sense for individuals who want to be opted out of this uncontrolled experiment to do so? If someone says there's not enough research, that could be an excuse for saying they want to eat GMOs and live dangerously, or they want to avoid GMOs and avoid the danger. So there's no real argument there to stop the labeling if someone simply says there's not enough science. Well, let me tell you what this guy used. I just think it's instructive, and then I want you to talk more about the ballot. But what he said is, look, most of you cannot figure out the difference between causation and correlation. And because most of you people that fight against this stuff can't make that distinction, you assume that one is correlated with the other. You don't have enough scientific evidence over the years to try to force these companies to label. And of course, I went crazy, <laughs> but I couldn't speak to it the way you can. Well, first of all, the American Academy of Environmental Medicine in 2009 evaluated the animal feeding studies uh, that have been done with GMOs and said that it's not a casual relationship, it's a causal relationship based on recognized scientific criteria. Now, 
there is when when you talk about correlation, it's like when GMOs were introduced in 1996. In the next nine years, the number of Americans with at least three chronic illnesses nearly doubled. Food allergies doubled. Uh, infertility was up. Um, asthma is up. Autism is up. There's a whole a lot of gastrointestinal disorders are up. What's interesting here is you can't just say looking at that and say, well, GMOs are the cause. But if you look at the categories of the diseases and disorders that are on the rise in the U.S. population, they're the same categories of diseases and disorders that the American Academy of Environmental Medicine identified as occurring in the rats and mice that were fed genetically modified soy and corn. And we now have thousands of doctors prescribing non-GMO diets to all of their patients, and they're reporting improvements along these same disorders and diseases. Now, here you have a trouble where if someone gets rid of GMOs because they're not labeled, they have to often buy organic or reduce processed foods. So there are potential cofactors which interfere with the interpretation of is it the lack of GMOs that's causing them their, their um, diabetes or their weight problems or their skin problems to get better? Well, when you look at the livestock who have been fed GM soy and corn, who are taken off of the GM soy and corn, they too get better along these same lines. So you have the categories of diseases and disorders in lab animals fed GMOs, getting better in humans and livestock that take, that take GMOs out of the diet, and getting worse in the U.S. population since GMOs were introduced. But it doesn't end there. If you look at the specific nature of those categories of diseases, immune system problems, gastrointestinal disorders, reproductive problems, organ damage, these can be predicted by the nature of the genetically engineered foods themselves. The crops that produce their own insecticide, where the insecticide can drill holes in human cells, the crops that can withstand doses of the herbicide Roundup, which is linked to endocrine disruption, birth defects, and cancer. If you look at the properties of these genetically engineered crops, they would predict to cause these type of disorders and diseases. So it's a lot stronger than simply looking at the fact that soon after GM soy was introduced to the UK, soy allergy skyrocketed by 50%. We know seven or eight ways that genetically modified soy might be responsible for that very same change. Could this also be happening with wheat? Because I know a lot of people know now that there's genetically modified wheat and they're eating well, it and they never knew it. There's not genetically engineered wheat. You know, the word genetic modification is, is ambiguous because some people use it the way I do as just transferring genes between species, but that's not the case in wheat. Wheat has been cross-bred, has been selectively bred to carry certain characteristics in the U.S., which predispose that to creating more gluten intolerance and gluten sensitivity. But I just put out a video uh, last week of an interview with an expert on gluten sensitivity where we showed that some of the diseases and disorders that are linked to genetically engineered foods could easily explain how GMOs contribute to the rise in gluten intolerance and gluten sensitivity or at the very least exacerbate the problem, making it harder to recover. In fact, I talked to one doctor who said very clearly that she believes that GMOs uh, promote gluten intolerance, but she also knows that when she puts someone on a gluten-free diet, if she also puts them on a GMO-free diet, their recovery is quicker and more profound. The thing is, 
we don't know that what we're eating is GMO. So talk about this labeling and what kind of regulation and problems does it cause for companies that they would resist doing this? What's the real point of resistance? In reality, this particular Prop 37 is extremely easy to comply with. There's no, there's no, there's not going to be hardly any lawsuits at all, even though the other side is trying to claim that it's going to have a rash of lawsuits. It was specifically designed to avoid that. Um, it's not going to cost uh, consumers more money. In the 61 countries where labeling was implemented, prices did not go up. Um, and it's also applied logically to the, to the products that are sold on grocery store shelves. Um, basically, by July 1st, 2014, companies that use genetically engineered ingredients are going to have to put it on the label, say that they use it, or... They have to remove it by that time. Now, the other side claims that it's going to cost a billion dollars a year in bureaucracy for the California government. In reality, the California government has already said it'll cost up to a million, which is 2.7 cents per person. So these guys are blatantly lying about what the government was going to have to pay. Second, they're claiming that citizens are going to have to pay $400 a year for in higher grocery bills, whereas manufacturers of foods know very well that just adding a sentence on a label, which they change often anyway, isn't going to cost them anything. In fact, someone calculated if all of the costs of hiring an artist and redesigning the package were passed on to consumers for all of the groceries, it would be $0.73, cents, not $400. So they're they're just filling the airways with lies, and in fact, it's working because the lead has been eroded from more than two to one just to two points in the last week because they have over a million dollars a day that they're spending. Let me ask you this. You know how a lot of propositions are written so poorly, it's so confusing for someone to read what the truth is and what it even means. Is it written really clearly? It's written in in okay language. I mean, there's still some legal aspects. We have to refer to a clause or two. I've read it and it's, um, it's pretty clear. I mean, to me, what it what it says is that if you are using GMOs and they're not micro-ingredients, like tiny amounts, then you have to do this. And uh, if you have tiny amounts, then you have a little longer to comply because that gives companies a chance to take care of the micro-ingredients after they've already taken care of the macro-ingredients. What it does, what it does not do is it does not require products that are normally not labeled, like alcohol and food sold in restaurants, to start carrying a label. So those are exempt. And as per the California laws, <clears throat> you, can't, you can't have a proposition focused on two different things, and so they can't label milk and meat from animals that were fed GMOs in the same proposition as labeling direct genetically modified ingredients. And so there's a, also an exemption for milk and meat of animals fed GMOs, and that's just be following the law. The other side has decided to exploit this and lie to consumers and say, how come it is that you'll have <clears throat> soy milk genetically engineered and not cow's milk? It's very obvious. The soy is genetically engineered. The cow is not. Who writes these propositions? Who determines who writes them? Well, it was a, a group of people. I was around when it was being written. I'm not sure if, uh, if I had any input on it on its final design, but it was a combination of scientists and lawyers and people in the food industry 
all writing what made sense. And what they did is they made one that was very easy to comply with. So they claim that the grocers are going to be adversely affected, where well, that's completely a lie. I mean, it's ridiculously how, how much of a lie that is and how it'll hurt small businesses and it'll hurt farmers. I mean, a farmer who grows non-GMO, all they'll have to do, and it has to be like an at-risk ingredient. If they're growing soy or corn, which is not so popular in California, but if they're growing a, a, a species of crop that has been commercialized, genetically engineered, uh, then they simply have to sign one simple piece of paper that says, we bought non-GMO seed. And that's it. That's it. They have to sign it. That's it. If they buy GM soy or corn, they don't have to sign anything because they'll just be passed on as genetically engineered. So it's, that's it. That's it for the farmer. And yet the disinformation campaign is claiming that there's going to be all sorts of bureaucracy and farmers are going to be put out of business. They have to sign one piece of paper. And then that passes along the food chain so that if people want to know um, why this thing wasn't labeled, they have the documentation back to the farmer. Not difficult. These kind of documented um, food, food trails are very common in the food industry, and many groups already do a lot more than that to support their particular claims. Now, what about like fruit and vegetables? How would that manifest in terms of the labeling on that? You have to put a little note up uh, uh, next to the genetically engineered corn on your shelves. So in that case, the grocer does have to do something. But again, if he fails or she fails to do it and someone says, you know, you need to correct it, then they have 30 days to correct it. And all you have to do is put a little sign up saying uh, made, you know, with genetically engineered process or something like that. And then it's done. What do you think about some of the findings of Whole Foods, one of my favorite markets? <laughs> Whole Foods is endorsing Prop 37. They're going to be paying for a bunch of radio ads. Um, they're, li- they're putting a lot of pro-Prop 37 materials in their stores. I just read a marquee outside of Whole Foods a couple of days ago in Southern California that mentioned, you know, we have a right to know. Uh, and they have put their um, own 365 brand and their own Whole Foods brands through the non-GMO project, which is a third-party verifier for non-GMO claims. Uh, not everything has been verified yet, but those that are verified are listed in our shopping guide, which is at non-gmoshoppingguide.com or an iPhone application, shop no GMO. So anything that's been verified, it's a, it's a real-time database evaluation. You look at the, at the category of foods, whether it's baked goods or beverages or baby food or whatever, and all those that have been verified will come right up real-time. That's great. I think that's a tremendous service that you've done for people. Natural News some weeks ago sent a video, this kind of guerrilla video of people inside of Whole Foods with obvious confusion around this area. So I'm not sure everything is all up to speed 100% yet. They may be for it, but they may not be fully integrated yet themselves. Yeah, the staff education has been really poor in Whole Foods. I can say that because I've run across uh, Whole Foods employees for years thinking themselves that there's no genetically engineered foods in the store. And I think that since that video came out, I've heard secondhand, not, I can't confirm, that there's been a massive education effort to explain to the staff, no, in fact, Whole Foods does carry GMO-laden products and uh, that they shouldn't tell customers that they're free from GMOs. 
The complexity of a part of this is, as you know, so much of our food supply is imported. It's scary, right? We're getting most of the food from other countries and not enough local. And because we get it from other countries, for like a Trader Joe's and a Whole Foods, who also gets a lot of the fruit and vegetables from other countries, how are they going to know what's going on in these other places? You know what I'm saying? They're not. In fact, there's rumors of genetically engineered peppers and tomatoes and garlic in China that we don't have any idea if it's true. Uh, we're looking at that, and if it is, then that we could be eating genetically engineered foods that the, even the FDA has never even heard of uh, being created uh, somewhere by some authority or some someone in their garage uh, and just selling it in the U.S. We know that the tobacco industry, genetically engineered tobacco to be more addictive, having higher levels of nicotine, and didn't tell anyone. So you could have devious ways to try and get people to be addicted to your product, and uh, there's no requirements for labeling in the United States. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hi, everybody. I just want to take a minute or two and share with you that we really appreciate you listening and sharing with your friends and loved ones and colleagues. And if you like the show, show it. Write something really cool, really nice on It's Rainmaking Time at iTunes. We have our own store there. And like our Facebook page. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter, feel free to do that. We send a bi-monthly newsletter out. And if you like it, share it with all your friends. Another thing we wanted to share with you is that somebody stepped in and started to do transcriptions for us. We have some transcriptions already done. If you would be interested, please drop us a line. We will be posting the transcriptions that are ready for sale. That's another way to assist the show. And for those of you who are in a position to donate $10 a month or $20 a month or more, please do so. Action speaks louder than words. We appreciate you. And thanks again for listening to It's Rainmaking Time. And back to the show. There's a laboratory called Live On Labs that produces lipospheric vitamin C. And I've done quite a few segments on health. I have taken the lipospheric vitamin C. I think it's made of lecithin, but I asked, is it genetically modified? They won't put it on their website, but they'll tell me by phone privately it's not. And you know what? I am telling you right now, if companies are not willing to put it out there and take a legal stand and a precedent and say, we are not using GMO products of any kind, they need to be out there. They need to be standing up and telling us, don't tell us privately behind the scenes. I called sprouts behind the scenes. I said, do you have genetically modified fruit or vegetables? Oh, no, absolutely we don't. Okay, why isn't it on your website? You see, as a consumer, I want to know that. I want them out there with it. Do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me? I think that's one of the outcomes of Prop 37, where, you know, if a company is going to have to, they're going to have to admit if they're using it, by writing a label. And so you're going to know after July 1st, 2014, if they don't have a label, it means they're not using GMOs. Um, I think well before that, there's going to be enough consumer pressure so that companies that have taken the steps to avoid GMOs, they're going to want to brag and boast. Did you know that most of the vitamin C sold in America is from China and it's genetically modified? You know that. And that there's only a couple of companies like the Vitamin C Foundation and another company or two that gets it from Europe and it's not genetically modified and they put it on their website and they literally are out there doing the right thing. I had no idea. I think I helped make that popular when I 
discovered the truth. We originally said that um, vitamin C was coming from Europe, but then we found it was coming from China. We corrected the shopping guide. Thank God. Thank you for doing that. You're welcome. This is very important. So what is at stake? California is one of the most responsive to everything environmental, everything food. I mean, to a point, right? So isn't this a precedent-setting state? We've got to win this. It's not only precedent-setting, but because of the way foods are marketed and sold, it's unlikely that major national brands are going to have one label for California or one set of ingredients for California and another one for another state. So I think it's going to be a watershed for the whole nation. What do you think is going to happen with this? Do you think it's going to pass, or do you think it's going to be so close it's hard to say? I think it's going to pass. Um, I think Monsanto and others will file a lawsuit and lose. I think they'll try and get preemption legislation or or rules by Washington, but it will be such an unpopular effort they will not succeed there, and I think we'll have labeling. Isn't this very much the same as labeling for smoking? No, because labeling for smoking was a warning, and this is not a warning. There's no there's no um, value judgment. Uh, it's like if you list calories or salt or or other nutrition facts, some people will have opinions about it and others won't. Um, so I think that it's quite different than smoking because in smoking it was recognized that there was health dangers and it was finally uh, required to ex- to reveal or acknowledge those dangers. Here, you're just revealing the presence of GMOs irrespective of whether they're good or bad. People who want to eat GMOs need a label in order to find it. But Jeffrey, don't you think that at least for Californians, a lot of us are very aware that GMOs have a deadly reaction to the body and that there's been terrible ramifications of it for many, many years? I certainly know that. I've been putting that word out in detail. I've worked with scientists and doctors that believe the same. But in reality, the mainstream media has been bought and sold. There was an article in Los Angeles Times today there was a puff piece in favor of GMOs. There's, there's like they pulled out the stops in terms of their friends around the world trying to publish evidence and information that disavows or distorts or denies all that we know from the past several years. I think there's a core of people that know the truth, and I think those people will not be dissuaded. They know who they're dealing with. They're dealing with the same companies that told us that DDT, Agent Orange, and PCBs were safe, and they know that they these companies lie, and they know that the companies know the truth about the dangers of their products and still lie. How come you can't get in to speak with Bill Gates, who's one of the big investors in Monsanto? Because Bill Gates is one of the big investors in Monsanto. I really think he needs to learn from you. He needs to listen. He's surrounded. The thing is, there's an insulation factor for people who are in positions of power and wealth, and it's very, very difficult to get through because... In the same breath that they promote GMOs as supposedly feeding the world, which it doesn't, or increasing yield, which it doesn't, or reducing agricultural chemicals, which it doesn't, or increasing farmer income, which it doesn't, uh, they also marginalize those of us calling for more science as being anti-science. So he would say that you're a fringe advocate? You're, you're I don't a fringe... know what he would say, but I can tell you that when I go to different countries, and I've been to 34 speaking about GMOs, when a when there's a independent, not yet biased, but politician, it's very easy for me to get in and speak to presidents, to cabinet ministers, to parliamentarians, senators, congressmen. 
But when someone has been sort of bought off, when they when their their decisions have already been made to promote biotechnology, I can't get in. Uh, the the marginalization of those of us who have true independent knowledge is makes it very difficult for us to even access the people who have been uh, basically brainwashed. When you met with Vandana Shiva, didn't she get the Nobel Prize or is she up for the Nobel Prize? No, she got the alternative Nobel Prize. Okay, she got the alternative Nobel Prize. Isn't her voice coupled with your work and your voice enough? Isn't it enough? No, you see, the thing is this. Um, a lot of people don't get their source of information from places that would put her voice and my voice on. I mean, it's true I was on Dr. Oz last week uh, for the second time, uh, but, you know, we weren't, we're not on the cover of Time magazine. You know, the time, cover of Time magazine years ago had a, a complete uh, sob story about golden rice that it was going to save half a million kids from going blind, leaving out all the obvious errors, all the obvious dangers, the fact that it could be extremely dangerous technology to deploy for children. That was all a GMO puff piece. So we have a situation where the power of the other side is so profound in media, in messaging, that they have a megaphone where they can... It's like last last month's study where the rats ate genetically modified corn and got massive tumors as much as 25% of their body weight. They had died at uh, two or three times the the rate. Up to 80% of the females had breast cancer or breast tumors, up to 50% of the males. And the other side just is using such unscientific methods to distort, deny, or disavow that you know people are confused and think, oh, I guess it was a bad study, where in fact it was so far more powerful than any study that had ever been done before as an as a animal feeding study. It, was, it, was, it started using similar protocols as the industry uses and then went way beyond that to, to demonstrate uh, undeniable harm to these animals. And yet uh, the biotech industry has rolled out this massive disinformation campaign to protect their investment. And so they're using just basically non-science to attack science. How do you feel about presidential administrations that have as their head of agriculture people from Monsanto? Yeah, we have a revolving door. The person in charge of policy at the FDA under the first Bush administration was Monsanto's former attorney, later Monsanto's vice president, now back at the FDA as the U.S. food safety czar. Um, while he was in charge of FDA policy, the policy came out falsely claiming that the agency wasn't aware of information showing that GMOs were different and therefore no testing or labeling was necessary. But 44,000 secret internal memos became public from a lawsuit showing that the actual uh, opinion of the scientists at the FDA was diametrically opposite from what was reported in the, in the policy. They were actually warning their superiors repeatedly that GMOs were dangerous and needed to be tested. It's frightening. Well, what do you think about, for example, Obama's head of agriculture and how this skews what can happen? Isn't it frightening? Well, Vilsack, uh, Tom Vilsack was the biotech governor of the year in 2001 as an Iowa governor. He had given Monsanto an award in 2000. Now he's in charge of agriculture. Um, they have, every, every secretary of agriculture was basically been marching lockstep with Monsanto. 
um, the head of USAID, the U.S. Agricultural Trade Representative. All these different major jobs are basically staffed by Monsanto men, whether they worked for Monsanto explicitly or worked for biotechnology or on behalf of biotechnology. So this is one of the ways that they control and capture the regulatory mechanisms. Is this a function of the lobbying that they're doing or more? I think it's a lot more than lobbying. Um, There's a whole inner game going on, a whole uh, relationships and whatnot, but it's lobbying, it's spending money on elections, it's having um, support through interlocking um, board of directors in different industries, and then using all that political influence, which is also echoed in the mainstream media. So people are going to go to Genetic Roulette, movie.com and watch the new movie. Now, did you produce that? I produced and directed it. I uh, have been collecting um, footage for many, many years and realized for Prop 37 I needed to have a film in place and kind of grew from what was going to be a short movie to a full feature length, getting the whole story out. And I'm told by people who see it that by the time the movie is over, they've already made dietary changes in their lives to protect their health and the health of their families. I think you did an incredible job. It literally made me cry. I mean, there's some times there when mothers are talking about their children or the parent, you know, or their artistic kids or their kids with allergies. And but there's also a good message at the end. I mean, I don't want, I don't leave people upset. And no, no, no. I mean, it made me cry, like because you did such a valiant job of communicating not only the message but the science of it. Thank you. So we are to vote. No or yes on Prop 37? Yes, yes, yes. Vote yes on Prop 37 for GMO labeling, correct? That's the way to vote. Yes on 37. For those of you who would like to find out more about Jeffrey's work, you can go to responsibletechnology.org and you can go to Seeds of Deception. Is there any place else they can look, Jeffrey? Yes, SeedsOfDeception.com or um, GeneticRouletteMovie.com to see the movie. It's free online till the end of the month, GeneticRouletteMovie.com. And also NonGMOShoppingGuide.com. NonGMOShoppingGuide.com is where you can see more than 4,000 products that have been verified as non-GMO. I wonder if that can be done with farms, too. Yeah, you can verify a farm as non-GMO. I used to work in a GMO detection laboratory, and that was certainly one level of verification. In fact, a lot of the systems that are employed from the brand level go back to the farm. Interesting. Interesting. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day. I know you have very, very little time, and I'm so appreciative of you and everything you and NJ are doing. Thank you so much. God bless you, Jeffrey. Thank you.